We interrupt your special announcement to bring you this regularly scheduled programming. While I sympathize with you, Witness, you will refrain from firing Gatling guns in this court. Hey, it's Coolio if you don't know, and it is time for yet another episode of the Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax in rather rainy downtown Halifax, might I say. We'll get some more details on the weather in about half an hour's time. And yes, it is actually time for the last episode of Square Wave Symphony for Season 3, which means uh, for the few weeks to follow... I will be uh, taking a little break. Um, there will still be some episodes of Square Wave 70 airing here on CKDU, same time, same place. But um, they will be replays. There will be some of my preferred episodes from the last uh, year. So I hope that you will enjoy those once again. But for today, we have a new episode and some new stuff for you, including what is new over at lowbiasgaming.net. Uh, we will start with Jason with, um, well, it's all Jason this week, but uh, two new episodes of Tales of Fantasia, as well as four new episodes of Star Tropics 2 Zoda's Revenge. As well as a new poll, um, how edited do you like a video? Uh, do you want, do you prefer videos edited a lot? Give me only the important bits. Some cut out the boring stuff. None, I want to see ev everything. Spice it up, add a little, or over the top. I don't even rec, I don't even recognize what I was watching. So, if you want to make your voice heard, head over to lowbiasgaming.net and, uh, put in your vote. Uh, we also have some 365 days of the Super Nintendo with the latest episode being a weird game, uh, Super Aquatic Games, which has nothing to do with Aqua Teen Hunger Force because, you know, this game predates it, um, but has something to do with James Pond. Pond with a P, not a B. Um, it's weird. And some new soundtracks with the latest one posted being Maristus. So that's all well and good. Anyway. Um, there will not be a archives for today. We're going to do things a little bit differently. And uh, so I do hope that you enjoy and um, stay tuned. We got some music. We got some stuff. It's going to be great. It's Square Wave Symphony. You're on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax.
That was Waterfront Boost by Box. That's how it's written. And you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. What is this? It is not the usual time that we do gaming next month. In fact, it's not even the last Friday of the month. But since it is the last episode of the season, I figured that I would uh, get us through the um, video game releases for June and July of 2019. So there might be some more releases that will be scheduled from now uh, between now and then, but right now is when I'm able to do it, so let's do it now. Um, so starting with, in June, on June 4th, we have uh, four new releases, including The Elder Scrolls Online Elsewhere, uh, Persona, uh, that's for PS4, Xbox One, and PC, Persona Q2 New Cinema Labyrinth for the 3DS, Trover Saves the Universe for the PC, and Warhammer Chaos Bane for the PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Uh, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night is coming out on PS4, Xbox One, and PC on June 18th, and on Switch June 25th. Uh, June 21st, we'll be seeing Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled for the PS4, Xbox One, and Switch, and Judgment for the PlayStation 4. June 27th, we have The Sinking City for PS4, Xbox One, and PC, and June 28th, Super Mario Maker 2 for the Switch. Looking at July, so far we have Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers expansion that will be coming out for the PS4 and PC. Dragon Quest Builders 2 for the PS4 and Switch. I really still need to play the first one of those. Um, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 The Black Order is coming out for the Switch. AI The Somnium Files is coming out. Uh, that was on July 19th, by the way. Um, AI Dissomnium Files for the PS4, Switch, and PC on July 25th. And finally, July 26th, we have Fire Emblem Three Houses for the Switch and Wolfenstein Youngblood for the PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. So there it is, and there you go. Those are the current uh, listed releases for June and July 2019. And like I said, there might be some more releases between now and then. So if you want to head over to GameInformer.com slash 2019, you can always get an updated list there. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax.
That was Jarvis9999 with Prevail, and you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. And speaking of weird, it is time for the news of the weird. Yes, as usual. And as usual, I'll mention that I am looking for something other than news of the weird. I'm pretty sure I've mentioned that every single episode this season, and no one has come up with anything, so we may just end up keep doing news of the weird for season four. We'll see. But uh, in any case, um, I do not read these stories ahead of time, and some of these might not jive well with all audiences, but they are scanned for any objectionable content. This segment is about mm, 13 to 15 minutes long or so, so take that as you will. Our lead story for today, overreactions. What began as a quiet family dinner at home quickly uh, escalated into a front yard brawl on April 22nd in Bedford, Virginia. Fox News reported that Mark Turner, 56, his girlfriend, the girlfriend's son, and the son's girlfriend try to, you know, figure out that family tree, uh, had retired to the front yard after dinner when an argument broke out between the two men about whether Chevrolet or Ford makes better vehicles. According to the Bedford County Commonwealth uh, attorney Wes Nance, Turner allegedly pulled out a knife but ended up slashing his girlfriend's back as he as she tried to calm the situation. Next, Turner went inside and retrie- retrieved a gun, but as the girlfriend again tried to get between him and her son, he allegedly shot the woman five times in the leg. He also shot the son in the arm and two of his stray bullets hit the son's girlfriend in her back and cheek. Finally, according to prosecutors, Turner barricaded himself in the house where police eventually shot him with a beanbag round and took him into custody. Turner was charged with felony malicious wounding, use of a firearm in the commission of a felony, and possession of a firearm by a felon. All I can say is... DMC-12. Free speech. Uh, Anyway... That's my hat in the ring. Free speech. TSA agents at Junior International Airport logged unexpected cargo on April 15th when a large organic mass was spotted in a traveler's carry-on bag. TSA spokesperson Lisa Farbstein explained to KTOO that such a flag can't indicate the presence of explosives. However, when agents opened the bag, they found a plastic grocery bag full of moose nuggets. The passengers told the TSA officers that he collects this and and likes to present it for politicians and their policies, Farbstein explained. The passenger was not detained and and was allowed to continue on with his bag of moose poop. Later that day, the Anchorage Daily News reported that a man was seen at the state capitol handing out baggies of moose nuggets in protest of Governor Mike Dunleavy's proposed budget. So when poop hits the, hits the fan, that's what you get. Um, news that sounds like a joke. Arnold J. Teeter, 49, be- became angry while dining at a Perkins restaurant in Painesville, Ohio on April 16th. First, he threw a menu at his waitress when a manager stepped in, 
and when a manager stepped in, Teeter upped his game and grabbed his pet iguana from under his shirt, twirled it in the air, and launched it toward the manager. Teeter was charged with disorderly conduct and cruelty to animals because Copper, the turquoise iguana, suffered a broken leg in the incident. The Lake County Humane Society has taken the female lizard into protective custody and is trying to raise money for the surgery she needs, reports WEWS. Woos! Um, I'm sure that Ric Flair could do that better. Uh, no word on whether the, per the Perkins manager suffered any injuries in the incident. When all else fails, iguana. Um, yeah. Our next story, yikes! John Gardner was minding his own business driving to work in Conway, South Carolina on April, on April 30th when, quote, a big black dot flew into his windshield, shattering the glass, according to WBTW. I didn't get hurt at all, Gardner said, although he was covered in, in glass fragments. The flying object didn't fare so well. A nearby truck had hit a tortoise crossing the road and projected it into Gardner's car. Rob's auto body said the animal died on impact. The truck driver was also unhurt, but it's estimated that repairs to Gardner's car will cost about $2,000. Tonight, I feast on turtle soup. And it better be $2,000 worth because, wow. Um, yeah. Our next story, crime report. Sometimes a girl just wants a pretty new thing, but Ida Melcado, 18, and an unnamed minor accomplice let greed get the best of them. Lower Allen Township Police say Melcado and her helper browsed through the Victoria's Secret store in the Capital City Mall in Bethesda, Maryland on April 7th, carrying large shopping bags and talking on cell phones. While the miner acted as a lookout, Melcado allegedly shoved delicates into her bag, to wit, 375 hipster panties worth $3,937.50, um, 375 cut thongs, 3,000, well, same price, 1,000 regular thongs for $10,500, wow, um, and uh, 250 raw-cut, hip-hugging panties, $2,625, for a grand total of $21,000. I have my doubts that was the exact price, but well, maybe, I don't know. I don't have a calculator, so... Well, I have a calculator, but I don't... Let's say it is $21,000 on the dot. Just for the sake of argument, police told WPMT they later identified the thieves during a drug investigation in Fairfax County, Virginia. I mean, sometimes a girl just wants a pretty new thing, but is it necessary to grab, you know, almost 2,000 pretty new things? It seems a little overkill. In fact, I don't... That might be exactly 2,000, now that I think about it. There you go. Um, so, how about a likely story? That sounds good. Police in Tempe, Arizona, said v Vanessa Santillan, 40, and her boyfriend uh, were arguing as she was driving on April 21st. When she stopped, he exited the car and crossed the street to a sidewalk. Santillan then honked the horn and her boyfriend returned a rude gest 
excuse me, a rude gesture, according to KTVK slash KPHO. That's when police say Santillan drove onto the sidewalk and hit the man, causing injuries serious enough to require a trip to the hospital and stitches. Santillan drove away, but later spoke to police, saying she wasn't aware it was, quote, that bad when she left the scene, further elaborating that she had, quote, blacked out and didn't even remember hitting the boyfriend, even though her car had visible damage. She was booked on one count of aggravated assault and one count of failing to remain at the scene of a collision with injuries. Likely story indeed. How about an update on one of our previous stories? Um, probably last week because it's saying news of the weird reported in May 2018. Oh, May 2018. That was last year. Uh, that was around the end of last season. Anyway, News of the Weird reported in May, May 2018 about uh, Thomas Tramaglini, the superintendent of Kenilworth Public Schools in New Jersey, who pleaded guilty to defecating on the Holmdale High School track and football field, quote, on a daily basis. On April 30th, Fox News reported Tramaglini filed a lawsuit against the Holmdale Police Department for releasing his mugshot, claiming doing so tarnished his, his reputation and, quote, altered his life forever. Trimaglini's actions earned him the nickname Pooperintendent, and he claims to be underemployed and, quote, fighting for any semblance of normalcy he can create for himself and his family. However, he also negotiated a separation agreement of more than $100,000 with the district in August 2018. If you're pooping on the track then that is kind of a big deal to everyone involved. Don't... Don't poop on high school track. Well, don't poop on tracks in general. You know, leave that for the toilet or, you know, somewhere out of the way of failing that. Not on the track. Anyway, our next story. Oops. Runners of the Belfast City Marathon on May 5th who felt the course would, uh, course would never end had a legitimate reason, CNN reported. Organizing Committee Chairman David Seaton admitted later that, quote, approximately 460 additional meters were added to the officially measured course of 26.2 miles, a difference of about three-tenths of a mile. Seaton blamed the mistake on, quote, human error with the lead car diverting from the official route. Organizers promised to adjust runners' times to account for the additional mileage. I mean, the, there is the one point of if you're go if you're going to run 26 miles, then that's already a race that's gonna feel like forever. But at that point, what's an additional three tenths of a mile? 26.5. There you go. But uh, yeah, I do also recognize that some people are trying to set times so that they can go from small marathon to big marathon and some people, you know, Boston marathon, things like that. Uh, they need those good times, so at least it's good that they're going to um, adjust the times for that respect. Actually, I have an uncle who's been to the Boston marathon. It was a long time ago, but um, it's kind of an honor to be able to uh, participate in that one. Anyway, our next story. Wait, what? Bartender Sarah Kruger was hoping to raise awareness about women's health issues at Yuzu in Lakewood, Ohio, 
when she introduced a new cocktail, the Even Can't Literally, a red berry margarita sporting a tampon applicator as a garnish. She told WJW that $1 from the sale of each drink goes to the Domestic Violence and Child Advocacy Center in Cleveland, and patrons can decide whether they want the garnish included or not. Critics were quick to complain on social media, but bar owner Dave Bumba defended the promotion. This is a small way to bring awareness to real good causes that we are behind. Bumba also assured that customers uh, assured customers that the health department had okayed putting the feminine feminine hygiene product in the drinks. I mean, at that point, if they're going to go to that extent, good on them. I mean, they they are they're backing something good here, something that that definitely needs to be backed. Domestic violence centers are always a good thing. So... Critics can go eat a ham. That's what I have to say. Bringing out the big row cow language here. And yes, I am a fan of row cow. Our last story for today and for this season. The continuing crisis. And the crisis will always continue for the end of time, I'm sure. In Spokane Valley, Washington, two thieves must have been really thirsty on May 1st when they heaved a 700-pound soda vending machine into the back of a pickup truck. Ryan King, owner of Performance Lube, uh, noticed that the, quote, monstrosity of a vending machine was gone as soon as he arrived at work that morning. When he checked his, his uh, surveillance camera footage, he saw two men loading it into the truck even though the store is right across the street from a police station. It just goes to show how brazen criminals are, King told KHQ. The machine was later found, but was damaged beyond repair. Police are still on the lookout for the thieves. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely agree with that. They must have been some thirsty if they're going to steal the vending machine across the street from the police station. Um, I mean, I guess if it was a small town, the police station might not always be manned. But they're... Oh, I don't know. I cannot speak for a Spokane Valley, Washington. And I have nothing bad to say about their, you know, officials and such. But that is pretty brazen. Anyway, I'm rambling at this point. I should probably talk about the weather, shouldn't I? Yes, I should. It is currently 6 degrees and a light rain is falling in the city of Halifax. Uh, we are looking at periods of rain tonight. Fog patches developing this evening. About uh, 10 to 15 millimeters of rain expected. Wind becoming south, 30 kilometers gusting to 50 near midnight and a low of plus 4 degrees. Saturday, May 11th, showers ending in the, in the morning, then mainly cloudy with 30% chance of showers. Uh, fog patches dissipating near noon, about 2 millimeters of rain might come by. Uh, wind becoming west, 30 kilometers an hour, gusting to 15 in the afternoon, high of 15, and a UV index of 6 or high. Partly cloudy at night, with a 30% chance of showers in the evening, clearing late in the evening. Wind northwest, 20, uh, gusting to 40, and a low of plus 3 degrees. Sunday, May 12th, a mix of sun and cloud and high of 15 degrees going down to a low of 5 in cloudy periods at night. Monday, May 13th, 6% chance of showers and a high of 9 degrees going down to a low of 3 in cloudy periods at night. 
Tuesday, May 14th, a 6% chance of showers and a high of 10 going down to a low of plus 4 and periods of rain at night. Wednesday, May 15th, a 6% chance of showers all day with a high of 8 and a low of 4 degrees. And it, on Thursday, May 16th, cloudy skies and a high of 12 degrees. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, and it's time for some music.
And that was Scythe with Love Me Beaucoup Wa Space Debris, um, which translates as I Am Space Debris, I guess. And you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. <laughs> Welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. And I found a thing. Yes, I found a thing. And I'll share that thing with you in a segment that I like to call, you guessed it, I found a thing. And this thing is a thing that I found on uh, Kotaku, which was posted on Wednesday. And um, it's something that I kind of agree with. Big numbers. Numbers getting bigger. Seeing, seeing numbers getting ever and ever higher. There's a lot of people that like this. I know I like this. And, well, it kind of has a psychological effect on people. A lot of people do kind of like seeing the numbers get big. In particular, he- Heather Alexandra has written an article called I Like It When The Numbers Get Big. So, let's take a look. Video games are art. Video games can tell complex stories about the nature of the soul or bring players to tears with their honest belief in heroes. They also have numbers in them. Lots of numbers. I'm a big buffoon who loves when numbers go up. I've been denying this simple fact for a long time. After all, numbers are used as part of of the treadmill to keep players mindlessly locked to their games. The importance of numbers and statistics is key to things like loot boxes. In many mobile phone games, strong characters and items are found through pulling for rare items. This this can often mean using in-game currency that's purchasable with real money. A player's desire for the biggest, bestest numbers and statistics can draw them to participate in an exploitative monetization model created specifically to wring every last cent out of them. I know all this. I'm intimately aware of it and find it disgusting. Mobile games are a hellscape. I also love it when I get a rare weapon or stat increasing rim print in Dragalia Loss that boosts my might level to further heights. Because even if you are aware that you're living in, idi- in idiocracy, we're all still giant apes who happen to beat uh, to beat up all these slightly dumber apes. If I might have the if I have the largest might level, does that not make me the bigger and most powerful of all the apes? Hmm. In games, numbers are abstractions of certain qualities. The more, the better. Striking a, cl- a critical blow in Final Fantasy XIV doesn't just mean that you hit the enemy. It's an indication that you hit, really hit the big, meanie super hard. You big, tough warrior of light, you. Um, in some cases, like in the Fallout series, having big numbers and stats like intelligence unlock special dialogue options that allow better rewards or easier progression. You're not just smart, you're exceptionally smart. A freaking genius. Meanwhile, a low number in intelligence can lead to limited options and sometimes questionable dialogue options. You want more. You need more. I can't begin to, to decipher the ancient impulse that, belie- that leads humans to believe that having more of a thing is better. Some of that is probably tied to survival instincts. In the times where our near ancestors had... Ha- uh, near ancestors ancestors had to deal with absolutely bonkers stuff like saber-toothed tigers and roaming raiders, you probably wanted the biggest dudes and the biggest spears to avoid getting eaten. This somehow got codified into the notion of wealth, where we stopped collecting each other's skulls as proof 
of how big we were and we totally did the sensible thing I uh, did the to totally sensible thing of deciding that shiny stuff would do. Humans really love shiny stuff. That's part of video games too. See the colorful item rarity systems in like in games like Diablo 3. Um, anyway, the point is that capitalism became a thing. You got wealth by supposedly being tough or adventurous or cunning, all of which are largely code words for being a dubious butt. And your collection of wealth was a bigger number than the other guy. Look at all those loot shooters. These games are predicated solely on the idea that folks will have uh, will run the same content over and over again to up their statistics. You have Destiny 2, The Division 2, Anthem, and soon, soon there will be Borderlands 3. All of these games are fundamentally peddling the same experiences, all enticing players who lust for more loot that is quantified with bigger and bigger numbers. A homogenous AAA slurry is slurped up until we get a sequel with a bigger number at the end of the name. Numbers that uh, numbers have ruined the gaming landscape. So here I am today, fully aware that numbers are the basis of questionable practices and systems that exploit many people. Systems that dangle the prospect that uh, people could have also could also have more stuff as the best possible thing that can happen in our lives systems that turn our catalog of art, at least at a certain level, into a gray wasteland where everything is the same. It's stupid and I hate it. Meanwhile, I spent an entire evening checking to see if the Dragon's Dogma servers were up because I wanted to see how many Rift Crystals my companion had collected by helping other players. I have over 1 million Rift Crystals now. 1 million! That's a big number, and I'd be lying if I didn't say I grinned like a buffoon at, as whatever so societally ingrained Pavlovian response kicked off in my brain. I salivated like a slobbering dog at the mere idea that one million could become two million. I can't keep lying to myself like this. I am a friggin' dope who loves the big numbers. Don't just give me a Excalibur. Give me Excalibur plus one. And that is the thing. Um, so yeah, I kind of have to agree with all of this. People like it when the numbers get big. This person likes it when the numbers get big. But it's really kind of a very exploitative thing. Big numbers mean that the player will... like Rising numbers will mean that the player will invest you know, more attention and more time and sometimes more money into that game. And that's... I know what they're going for. So, there you go. Um, at the very least, I can say that I generally don't get sucked into the whole microtransactions thing. And by generally, I mean basically not. Um, but that's me. Um, everyone's going to be different, and some people will have the addictive personality that... Um, the corporations really want and try to get all the money out of them. So just try to keep that in mind. Corporations want your attention because they want your money. So they'll make those numbers big and we'll keep getting your money. Anyway, I'm kind of rambling at this point. What do you guys think of big numbers? Let me know over on Twitter at SquareSim, S-Y-M. Anyway, you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, and let's get some more music, shall we? Number free.
And that was Phobos Raid by Peg Mode, and you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. So, here we are at the end of Season 3, and really, I just wanted to take some time to uh, take a look back at the season and um, think, of, think about some of the things that... Um, that I've put through. Um, season, I, I will say, season two, I like this is not prepared or anything, so I'm just kind of speaking off the top of my head for this. Uh, season two had a lot more um, off the cuff stuff as well as season one. Um, anyone who, who was listening, who has been listening to the podcast, you didn't get to hear that um, era in the show, but really you're not missing a whole lot because. Um, a lot of it was very rambling, as I am wont to do. But um, I did take it upon myself to try to write a lot more for this season. I think I really kind of prefer how it comes out. I have a lot of difficulty starting to write, I will say that much. Um, once I get started, it's a lot easier. Um... I think one of the one of the favorite things that well, one of the best things I think that has come out of this season has been the um, Spyro the Dragon series original trilogy in ten minutes or less. Um, I re- I really feel like that came out well, um, but the problem is with things like uh, video games in ten minutes or less. One, I have to kind of do research on the series, even if I've played through the series before. I it's preferable if I if I have done research before actually doing um, the writing, um, and then I have to actually be creative. And being creative is not something that um, is particularly hard for me once I get started. Like I said. The starting is the hardest part. And sometimes I don't even have anything written or prepared or anything at all ready for the show on Friday until Thursday night. Just to give you an idea. It's like, I'm, I get to Wednesday and I'm thinking, what am I going to do for the show? I don't even know. Then I get to Thursday, I'm like, what am I going to do for the show? Oh, maybe I could do this thing. Or maybe I've just played a game. I could review that. Um, or maybe I'm feeling particularly inspired. And if I really don't have anything, then I will do my best to find a thing. Um, even if I have prepared something, I will probably find a thing anyway because that something is probably not going to take the entire amount of time. And also I like to have five songs featured on every episode. If I have a segment that takes the entirety between News of the Weird and the end of the show, then I only get to do four songs. I would prefer to do five songs on any given day because there's a lot of good chiptune music out there. It is sometimes hard to find something that fits the show, though. So that is a bit of a struggle sometimes, too, but I think it's worth it. Anyway, so that's it for season uh, season three. Season four is going to... um, be coming on July 12th 
And there's a couple of things that I want to do. Um, first of all, I would like to have it so that I think I'm probably going to set it up in such a way that I'm going to be simulcasting to Twitch. Um, so that's going to be interesting. And there's a couple of plans as well. Um, CKDU is going to be is is planning a um, possibly weekly event um, with you know live content, and I might take part in that. And there's also a secret plan in the works. Hmm, what could that be? Well, I don't know. I can't really say anything right now because there's not anything um, solid about it yet. But we'll see how that goes. If you want any updates, make sure to follow on Twitter at SquareSim, S-Y-M, and uh, anything that will come up um, over the course of the mid-season break, I will make sure to post on there. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU, 88.1 FM Halifax.
and that was um the radiant by dream avenue from the album moonstone and that is rounding off the season um so yeah thanks as always for listening to square wave symphony and i hope to have you all around next season season four like i said we'll begin same time same place on july 12th 2019 so be there for that and it's time to wrap up the show as we always do Square Wave Symphony is based on the format of the Electric Leftovers podcast by Jason Parton of Low Bias Gaming, lowbiasgaming.net. News of the Weird is written by the editors at Andrews McNeil Syndication, newsoftheweird.com. Gaming Next Month is powered by Game Informer, gameinformer.com. Segment music composed by Format, Sean Daly, Simon Winnington, Pink Projects, Guy Conduct, and Snare. Stay tuned for the Astrology Show coming up next on CKDU, followed by The Witching Hour, Earth and Sky at 7 p.m. and at 8.30, Anything Goes with CKDU Surprise. Comments, questions, want your chiptunes featured on the show? Email me at squaresim at lowbiasgaming.net or get in touch on Twitter at squaresim, S-Y-M. You can also call the CKDU feedback line at 902-494-8041. There's also a podcast version of this show. It's available on lowbiasgaming.net slash squaresim or just search for Square Wave Symphony. Square Wave is one word on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or TuneIn Radio or the podcast app of your choice. This has been Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. I'm Coolio if you don't know. And I'll see you guys next season. Have a good summer, everyone.